Hello and welcome back to episode 4 of the Perth to Paisley podcast, your number one stop for all things Heart of Midlothian. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Daniel McIver, and I'm joined as ever by Adam Kennedy. Adam, how are you? I'm good, mate. Not too bad. Um, plenty to discuss in the, the soap opera that is the amateurish Heart of Midlothian. Absolutely. Well, we've got loads to discuss. I thought I'd do some admin just to get out of the way. Biggest thing is we're on Spotify now. Hooray! Yay! Woo! <laughs> exactly. That's the response I wanted. So, yeah, we're on Spotify now. Um, went through the application process and just instantly sorted. So, hopefully it means that a bit more people can listen because I can understand how annoying it is that if you don't have Podbean, then you couldn't really listen to us. So, hopefully that'll be more helpful. And also, for those asking about iTunes, we have applied... We are just waiting to hear back now. So hopefully that will be in at least the next couple of episodes, hopefully sooner than that. But whenever we're on, you guys will know. Um, And then secondly, thank you again. We seem to be saying it in every episode, but thank you for the response. We've had on average like 200 listeners an episode. Which is pretty good going. Yeah, it's pretty And like you say, the, the stuff with Podbean... That was just a total myth to my dad and whatever. He, I had to sort of all that for him. But, uh, but yeah, so hopefully with the with the outlets and obviously the feedback, folk chit chat, whatever. Hopefully uh, the listeners can keep on pushing up. So yeah, very very excited. Well, we've got plenty to discuss, so we'll get right into it with the first main talking point that has been the main talking point generally. But this is a more specific example of it. We will first speak about the fact that early last week, as you're listening to this, still this week for us as we're recording, it came out in the news. I think the Daily Record said it first and people were like, oh, that's, I don't know whether to believe it. And then the next morning, it all came out with from the horse's mouth, as you would say. Christoph Berra, the club captain, one appearance off 250, has been told that he can leave the club either by loan or permanently and has been training with the reserves. Before we get into everything about that and the reception from fans and media, how did you feel when you heard that news initially? Um, I would probably say <sighs> somewhat surprised, but he, he kind of did have this coming. Um, I think... It's been well documented that Berra's not been the same since... I mean, everybody goes on about that Celtic game, which I think is is the turning point, to be honest. Um, and obviously then coming back from the injury, he's not been the same player. But I don't know whether it's it's the sentiment within me. It's just a, it's just really bizarre. I couldn't, I couldn't have foreseen Christoph Berra's time at Hearts, if it does end, ending like this. It's, it's really odd. Um... That being said, I, I do think I, I do think it's been coming because ultimately, as captain of this team, he should be amongst the ones dragging us out of the mess that we're in. And ultimately, as captain, probably equally equally kind of to blame with Levine as Gaffer. They're they're kind of the two. The two main points that you look you look to, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But like I say, the, the fact that it's obviously he's then been punted to the reserves, that's a weird one. A, a, re a really weird one. Um, and obviously there's there's plenty that will feel that it could have been dealt with better. What's What's your thoughts on it, mate? Well, that's the thing. I think it is very much those two situations you need to look at because you need to look at the decision itself and then the way it was handled. So the de the decision itself, I think everyone, including Christoph, as you said, knew it was coming at some point because that so that Celtic game happened on my birthday, uh, and that Celtic game with Lafferty scored. Kind of, I have bad luck with hearts in my birthday. Um, and one of my favourite players of all time just got a career basically ending injury when you look at it in the terms of when he came back he was never the same player as I just said there, Christoph Berra is one of my favourite players ever to play for us um, when we were both we, he was kind of the first player that probably in our lifetimes that came up through the ranks and got sold for big money I can't really think of anyone because obviously there was the Rickert in three but they left in very tumultuous circumstances. Berra was just someone who came through the ranks, left us with all the good intentions and went on to have a fantastic career. Then came back to us. When he came back, everyone was delighted with it. And before that injury, he was easily one of the best players we had. However, it can't be denied that he doesn't look up to what he used to be. He is, he is getting on a bit. 35 this month. So even without that injury, he was always going to tail off. And no one says all of this with bad intentions. Everyone wants Berra to do well. Everyone has wanted Berra to succeed. And it's not been the same reaction that Levine had where a lot of people turned against Levine. Everyone just kind of accepts with Berra that his time has come. However, I do agree that the taking him to the reserves is maybe a bit... I don't even know how you'd say it. I wouldn't do that if I was in charge. I have seen other people make very good points where... They'd say, do you want, if you, if Berra knows he's leaving and has kind of been told, you're not good enough, so leave, would you want that atmosphere in and around the first team, especially when he's got all the young boys back and is trying to install this new belief? Do you really want the captain to be standing, moping about, being annoyed? But I'd honestly argue I don't think Berra would do that. He's been a consummate professional. He's been one of the best servants to this club. As I said... One cap off, if you want to call it that, 250 appearances for the club, being a fantastic servant. I do disagree with him being taken to the reserves. However, it is a decision, generally, that I stand by. Yeah, that, that, I mean, I, I, I totally go along with that. I think you're right in that we, we have kind of got attached to Berra. Like you say, he, I mean, he replaced, you were on about big money. Obviously, when Craig Gordon got his move to Sunderland and mm. Berra, Berra then took the reins as captain from him, I mean, it it, it seemed tailor-made, um, despite how young he was back then. That being said, I, 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 I totally agree. I think he's... It's just... It's, it's tricky because you don't... You don't want to see that. Like, I, I was under the assumption that once his playing career would finish at Hearts... He might opt into coaching or go down that that kind of route, but that that ship seems to have sailed now. It seems like it's just it's just a getaway from Tynecastle altogether, um, which which puzzles me a little bit because I don't know. 
I don't know, first of all, who's going to come in for a 35-year-old centre-half. Um, yeah. I mean, with 18 months left on his deal, the club can hardly be expecting to make decent money off him. Do you know what I mean? He might, so, he might just retire. I mean, that that's probably the, the... I don't want to say that's the best option, but it sort of is. And then go into the coaching side. But, I mean, if... If Daniel Stendhal doesn't want him as his captain, will he really want him lurking yeah. about in the background as a coach? Um, I, I agree with you what you said in that I don't think he would be moping around. I think I think he's a bit tougher than that. And I think that he wouldn't... He might just kind of sweep it under the carpet almost. Just like have it carrying in his mind. Mm-hmm. But, not, mm-hmm. but not say anything... You know, like... It's tricky to accept, but ultimately, as I've seen a lot of folks say, and they're absolutely bang on, there's no time for sentiment with the current predicament that we are in, 100%. Well, we'll move on from someone who's been told to leave the club and a lot of fans are gutted about, to someone who has left the club that has... I saw. I can't remember who tweeted it. But I saw, who would have guessed that four months ago, Hearts fans would have all been united and it's purely down to their hatred of Glenn Whelan? I think it was, uh, I think it was Hearts, though, which is yes. a, 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 great, a great Twitter account, I have to say. Um, but yeah, that, that's, uh, that's quite something. It's, um, it's an excellent point. I didn't think the Hearts uh, fan base would be unanimous over, over anything in the predicament that we're in, but... Uh, yeah, certainly with Glenn Whelan's comments, I think it's it's justified the way that we've turned on him, to be honest. Well, this is this is the thing. I'm just going to simply ask, what do you make of this whole situation? Embarrassing. Really embarrassing. I don't think it's embarrassing on our end. I, I don't think he's covered himself in the best light. I mean, some, somebody tweeted, and it was a brilliant point, that Aston Villa... Um, Aston Villa basically released Whelan by voicemail but Hart's doing it by emails amateurish, yet Whelan holds no grudges towards Villa but it seems like sour grapes for us and I really don't know why I don't know what what he's got to be so bitter for It's it's like we've touched on or same as I touched on earlier with Berra, he's one of the the older heads, he'll have seen a lot and obviously the career that he's had, cool, whatever, but like stand up and be counted, and he's just—he's not done that. It seems like he's just—it's not even like he'll be up here for paper. I really don't—I don't understand what it is. It's—it's it's weird. Like he said here that he wanted to win things, at us. Well, perform like it then. Stop, stop just walking around and contributing hee haw. Well, this is the thing. So. We touched on it at the end of last week's episode, because obviously he had left. But then, in the subsequent week, the man who doesn't do media has done a lot of media. And essentially, as you hinted at there, he's called out the club for being amateurish, for basically getting rid of him via email. He's also said that Stendhal had it in for him since day one. And also was angry at the fact that he was notified via WhatsApp that he wasn't in the Boxing Day Derby squad. Now, on that, I would just simply say, when else do you want to be told, Glenn? Because he can't... Stendhal can't tell you his team on, like, the 23rd, because what if then that got out? 
or, or, or Boxing Day morning. Yeah, exactly. Like, what? Do you just expect everybody to turn up and then be told, oh, no, by the way, just go home? Like, that's stupid. But as it's exactly your point. He has come out of this looking terrible. And we mentioned it last week as well. Stephen Elliott, a man that both of us love, most Hearts fans will love because he's fantastic. Um, He's a legend and I agree with most of what he said, but I can't agree with what Stephen's been saying. Now listen, I totally get it. Stephen knows Glenn and I'm not just going to accuse him of sticking up for his mate, but he's not going to not stick up for him. And the point that everybody seems to be picking up on in the media is the fact that Whelan's leadership was questioned. And I think the big point is, and we'll get on to it in a wee bit when we speak about John Daly's comments, is that it's not... Stendhal isn't questioning his leadership in terms of his career. What he's doing is, is questioning his leadership in terms of the current predicament we're in. Because as you said, when you look at that squad, Whelan and Bear are the first two names you look at in terms of experience, apart from Naismith and McLean, to go, right, those two should be able to, at the very least, pull others up with them and get them tell on how to get out of this situation. However, both of those have been proven. Now, Berra, you could argue, Berra's still trying. You can see Berra still wants to give everything he can for this club, but just isn't at it anymore. As you said, Whelan just looked like he was walking about since Ireland got knocked out of the Euro qualifying and had to go into the playoffs. Whelan just clearly didn't want to be here. And now, I think it was when he was on TalkSport, Simon Jordan just kept asking him, then why didn't you get paid up? Because the argument is, if you think you're entirely in the right and entirely justified, why wouldn't you want to be paid up? It screams of someone who knows that he hasn't been able to give everything he has, so is happy to just be like, okay, we'll just call it quits. Yeah, absolutely spot on. And I think you've touched on Ireland there, which is an excellent point. If he is only using us for Ireland, or was only using us for Ireland, then... I'm sorry. You can talk about attitude, professionalism, all you want. That is embarrassing. I don't. I don't care. You. You should be. You should be here because you want to be here. And I think. I think the old regime as well was a bit too soft in that. There's obviously the talk of. The training and whatnot, and. I don't know. I've. I've. I. I'm struggling to realize when Hearts became so soft I mean mm-hmm. he's, he's a professional footballer that should be yeah okay he's coming towards the, the latter stages of his career but what? why would he not be setting a we've got a plethora of young midfielders coming through he should be setting an example to them being an excellent tutor for them like we've touched on with his career and whatever but I don't see I don't see any benefit that we've gained from him being here at all it's just I think the biggest point with me is that, and I don't know, you might disagree with this, like, the biggest issue for me is the media stuff, where he had it written into his contract that he wouldn't do media. Now, generally, I'm kind of like, right, I don't care, like, whatever, I'm not really bothered. But when you look at the situation we're in, what that does is, for example, Michael Smith throughout this season has done the most amount of media, I think, for any Hearts player, or at least it seems that way, because Smith has always been interviewed. And I feel bad for him because Smith has been our best player this season and it shouldn't be up to him 
to explain why we've been rubbish. Now, I fully respect him for it. Halkett's done the same as well. And that just shows the kind of people that they are, that they're being able to come out and be like, listen, we're not good enough just now, even though Smith has been our best player and Halkett's missed most of the season. They too are coming out and being like, we're we're in the shit, but we're going to try and get us out of it. Whereas Whelan, who will be one of the highest earners, has come in with this big clout because of the career he's had, is shying away from it and be like, no, I'm not getting involved with that. And it does just scream of someone who never cared when he came up. If you're writing that into your contract, and don't, it can't be pretended that there wasn't a chance this could happen. I don't think any Hearts fan at the start of the season seriously entertained the situation we're in, but we could have been in bottom six, and Whelan wouldn't have accepted that either. So the fact that Whelan's came in and put that into his contract says everything about the way he treated this move. Totally, totally agree. Um, it's... It's got such a cowardly feel about it, doesn't it? Like you say, it's as though... I mean, the stuff about him with the man of the matches as well, that has to be a wind-up. Yeah. But if, but if... Ultimately, the only person that can answer for Glenn Whelan's performances is Glenn Whelan. The fact that he's, as you say, shying away from media attention and spotlight, and it's up to younger players... Because Halkett's, what, 23? Obviously, Smith's 30 or whatever. Like, Craig Halkett should not be coming out and, I don't know, sugarcoating Whelan's performances or Smith sugarcoat Whelan's performances. Like, this this, is so soft. Like, shying away from media duties in your contract. Like... I touched on it there. When did we become so soft to allow something as ridiculous as that take place? I mm. I, t- I totally agree with you. It irks me. It's the same same way when I watch sports scene. And obviously I, I watch for all the games to do my previews and whatever. And Stephen Gerrard's never done anything on sports scene. But he's more than happy to talk to Sky or BT if Rangers games are on there. It's, it's, it's so embarrassing. Like It really infuriates me. Is that not because of the whole thing with Rangers won't speak to the BBC? Oh, I mean, I, I don't know. But either way, I mean, they show his quotes at the end. So they, yeah, they'll, have, yeah. they'll have had to have gauged some interaction with them. Otherwise, they, can, they can't just chuck up quotes and pass them off as Stephen Gerrard's. Um, but, I mean, it's just... he Him calling us amateurish, it's, it's embarrassing. Um and there's only one amateurish person here, and sorry to say, but that's Glenn Whelan. Well, we move to some more people speaking in the media. Um, literally, as we're talking, I've just seen our um, mutual friend and Hearts commentator, and also podcast host with Scars Around the Funnel, Laurie Dunsire has just tweeted saying, With the absolute state Hearts have been left in, you'd think those who participated in creating this mess would want to slink off and avoid any publicity when they're given their P45. Astounding that many have the audacity to whine considering what they've been involved in. Which brings us perfectly onto John Daly. So, John Daly, was it yesterday or two days ago? I... Was it... I'm not 100%. I feel like it was... No, was was he not on New Year's Day? And somebody's somebody then posted saying "Great start to the new year" or something under underneath like the club's tweets and whatever. I feel oh, like it was New yeah, Year's it Day. Was, sorry. Yeah. Yes, it was on New Year's Day. John Dooley was announced to be leaving the club. However, in the last couple of days, 
John Daly has been interviewed and has stated that he disagrees with the way he was let go and says that it's embarrassing the way he's been treated, particularly in his comments when Stendhal publicly made to the press that Andy Kirk is the only one he trusts. Now, before I let you give your opinion, I want to quickly say, I sent this out as a tweet, that I don't think John Daly has understood what Stendhal meant by that. Because John's like, I'm one of the most trustworthy men in Scottish football. Daniel Stendhal didn't mean that he doesn't physically trust you, as in, like, he wouldn't leave your car keys next to you in case you nicked the car. That's not what he's meaning. What he's meaning is, in the time that he was there, before he chose Andy Kirk to be second in command until York Seavers came in, who we will get onto in a wee bit, he meant that Andy Kirk is the only one he trusts to do the job to the level he expects. It's nothing to do with your personal opinion on the guy or his relationship with you. It's not that he doesn't think you're able to do this in terms of being helpful. It's that he doesn't think you're up to it in terms of quality and that you won't add anything to it. But what do you think of what Daly said? Oof. I mean, where do we even start? Um, it's funny, like him or loathe him, but I think Tom English hit the nail on the head with a tweet that went out obviously Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon, so about an hour ago, and he said, Bizarrely, the penny hasn't dropped with John Daly, Christoph Berra and Glenn Whelan. Hearts are bottom of the league, lads. What do you expect Stendhal to do? I mean, it, it really, it's it's not rocket science. Um, but I mean, John Daly, I mean, do you want me to get my violin out? Like, boo-hoo. Just find another club. How, I mean, how, how hard is it? Surely, surely there's bound to be somebody that'll I don't know, take a stab at him. He's, he's certainly not of a sufficient standard for us. Um, I don't think any of the previous management team are f- for us, but... I mean, so what? Like, the the fact that he's critical of the treatment of the players as well. Like, who, who, who the hell's John Daly to ask that? Or answer that question? He's never had a management gig in his life apart from interim at us so it's a bit like the I blind it's a bit like the blind leading the blind doesn't it Sorry. yeah exactly I think one of the weirdest things was that in his comments he said that he really disagrees with the treatment of Berra for the singular reason because that might make other players think oh, if he's doing that to Christoph, he might do that to me and it's like John that's literally the entire point of the reason he's doing it for too long people have been far too complacent at this club and just think oh it's fine I can get away with no training properly or no putting in the performances at the weekend because I'll still just be able to play because this current that current management team had that attitude now Stendhal's coming going I don't care who you are you could be a 16 year old about to make his debut or a 36 year old who's had a storied career down south I treat you all the same if you don't try you're not getting into this team so I thought Daly saying that was just unbelievable it's like this is why you've been let go because you don't understand the basics of what this manager's trying to implement it's like I don't care if we get an explicit warning, but I mean, who the fuck does John Daly think he is? Like, like what? Yeah. It's embarrassing. We're five points adrift at the bottom of the league. What do you want? A new contract? Do me a favour. Like, honestly, just boo-hoo. 
suck it up. You're part of the reason why we're here. So, see you later. Thanks. Well, we'll now move on to some more positive things. Well, kinda. Hopefully. We'll see. <laughs> but, it's the tra- China transfer window. Hooray! So, not just management and players getting released, There's we've actually made a sign-in, kinda. Finally, Daniel Stendhal has a new member of his coaching side, and it is, I want to get this right, because I want to be able to pronounce it. Right, I don't, actually, I don't I'm know not, how I'm going to pronounce it. I'm not even going to attempt. Well, I'm going to try. I believe it's Jorg Sievers. I think that's how you say his name. However, Jorg has been brought in from Hanover. He's been at Hanover. He was a goalkeeper for Hanover and played over 500 games. He then also was the assistant manager to Daniel Stendhal when he was at Hanover and has now come across. So, I know you might not know a lot, but what do you think of... Even just Daniel having one of his own guys in his team now. Um, it's a start. Um, but I mean, I I thought he'd be he'd be buzzing to call in the likes of such experienced coaches like John Daly. Um, <laughs> honestly, like it's just it's 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 pleasing. Um, but ultimately, we need a lot more than just an assistant manager. I think the um, I think the longer it goes on without us having signed anyone, dare I say, of note, um, yeah, it's 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 concerning to say the least. But at least it's it's somebody else that will share Stendhal's vision, if you like, um, another figure of authority. So yeah, I'm I'm pleased. I can't pronounce the boy's name. I know that you're obviously now on a first name basis. So, <laughs> but I mean. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's a start, mate. What, what can I say? I, I can't really comment. I know next to nothing about the man. So, But he's here now, so... Yeah, I'm behind him. Let's, let's do it. Right, we'll actually get into players now. So, we've not bought anybody yet. And as we're recording this, it's the 12th of January. However, I guarantee that by the time we've released this tomorrow afternoon late afternoon and evening we'll have signed three players oh but... no doubt in, in true heart of Midlothian fashion absolutely no doubt however as we sit here just now hearts have signed no one so we will speak about the players that we have been linked with there has been three major ones so the biggest one in terms of one that seems to be furthest along the line is again I'm going to try and pronounce his joint name but Charles Hesse Jessiger or Hesseger, Herman. We're just going to go with Herman. So he is a German 19-year-old striker from Wolfsburg 2. There's been some confusion about him as it came out that we'd agreed a fee, but then Wolfsburg have said no. However, what I interpreted that to be is that we've met his release clause, but they're still saying no. However, we'll ignore the actual inner workings of the admin, but what do you think about Herman coming to the club? Um... I think it's, I mean, the boy certainly by, I don't know, by a bit of research seems a bit of a prospect. Um, I think with Aidan Keener going, that obviously we're looking for a a young striker to kind of, I don't want to say build up, but to develop, let's say. Um, 
So, I mean, it, it seems it seems quite exciting. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm excited because I I can get to refer to him as Herman the German. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I really I really don't know what to say, mate. I've not not seen the boy play. I don't want that to be the sole reason you're excited. <laughs> well, I haven't, I haven't seen him play, so. <laughs> the, I, I, I tell you what, though, I, I think the fact that Stendhal's tried to sign him twice for Barnsley, that's that's quite encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, not encouraging in that the worry is he didn't get it over the line, and if there's talk of that and trying to bring him to Edinburgh as well, I don't know. But we'll we'll wait and see. I mean, what can I say? I, I can't comment. It's it's bizarre, isn't it? Because he's. He's now identifying staff and playing staff. But what what can we really say until we see it hopefully come to fruition? So, and, and first of all, we need to sign him. So, <laughs> I don't know. It's going to come out of all this. We have this big discussion that he just never appears for us, ever. We didn't get down the line and we cry. <laughs> it's just, um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a tricky predicament we're in because... Why would a young German striker want to sign for a foreign team that are bottom of their league? And, I mean, they've just told their captain he's free to leave. There's numerous staff changes and whatever, but we'll wait and see. Ho- ho- hopefully it happens, because he-, he seems a bit of a prospect, but, yeah. What what can I say? What, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I think it apparently he's fast, and we need that. We don't really have much pace up front. Uh, he likes to play off the shoulder, apparently. That's entirely Stendhal's position and play that he wants strikers to do. Um, it's going to be interesting. I saw in the any articles that we've seen about him, he wants game time, which seems to be the reason that he wants to come to us. Additionally, with the fact, as you said, that Stendhal has previously tried to sign him, so from his perspective, I guess, it's a manager that actually wants him. It's not just... I mean, it, I don't know if you'd call it a panic buy, but you could argue it is a panic buy just from where we are. But he could view it as, well, no, this is now the third time he's tried to sign me. He clearly does actually want me for what I bring to the table. Um, but as you said, we haven't seen him play, so it's going to be interesting. However, as you said, Stendhal tried to bring it to Barnsley. We'll now speak about a double that Stendhal did bring to Barnsley and are both currently at Barnsley. We have Jordan Green the 24-year-old Englishman who is a right-winger but can also play on the left. And then we have Mamadou Tiam, who is a striker but can also play on the left and right wing. He's Senegalese. Um, These seem a bit more interesting because, just bluntly, I don't know if Barnsley will want to do business with us. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's whether they can shift all the, the legal matters to one side, isn't it? Um. I think I think the encouraging thing that you've obviously touched on there is the ability to play on both flanks and up front. Um, and I really like that he obviously came out and said to, I think it was Barry Anderson at the Evening News, about the five players. So the left-sided centre-half, the defensive midfielder, two wingers and a striker. Um, and obviously two of them fit the bill. So And players that he's worked with before... It's not like we're going to recruit the entire Barnsley team, but it's uh, yeah, 
I, I I'm fully on board with with both of them. I think they'll they'll make decent acquisitions. I just hope that that's the case. Um, but I, one one thing that's infuriated me about some of the transfer talk is this Liam Boyce rumor that obviously started. That just seems to have totally dried up as well, doesn't it? I was at, I was just about to say that actually. Yeah. So obviously last week we spoke about it. The Liam Boyce rumor seemed to come from nowhere but gain a lot of traction. And then this past week, I don't think we've heard a single update on it. The only update we heard, but this was last week, was the fact that a lot of other clubs wanted to sign him. However, now it just seems that a lot of clubs want to sign him and Hearts don't seem to be ones that are able to do that. Yeah, it's. Um, I think it's always going to be a task for us to compete financially with, um, with clubs from down south, isn't it? Um, one of them... One of the clubs that was supposedly linked with Boyce though was Sunderland, and with them signing Lafferty, does that now mean that Lafferty was their main target as opposed to Boyce, and that Boyce is more likely to come to us? I, I don't know. And then you've got to, I think you've got to also gauge personal reasons. Like would would Liam Boyce fancy moving back up the road? It's I don't know. It's and then our league position. So it's going to be tricky to attract players, but. I just hope we can get a couple over the line soon. That's the uh, that's that's my only worry as far as this this month goes. Really, to be honest, aside from obviously our playing fixtures as well. But uh, yeah, we, we we'll wait and see. I guess on the on the transfer front. Well then. Finally, we have said, by the way guys, this will be a shorter episode just because apart from all the patter that's come out with the players leaving, there's obviously not been much because we've not had a game. However, this Saturday, we're back in action. First game in the Scottish Cup, Airdrie come along to Tynecastle. First of all, before we speak about your prospective team that you'd play and stuff like that, how are you feeling about it? Um, How am I feeling about it? Um, did I say confident? No. <laughs> um, don't. I don't know. It, it, it's a funny one. Um, how how are we going to cope with a team that will probably fancy the chances of causing up an upset here? Um, it's, oh, I don't know. I really don't know. It's it's such a weird one, isn't it? Because it. Obviously, I mean they're they're flying high in League One. We are rock bottom of the Premiership. Mm-hmm. It's certainly got potential to be a wee a wee cup set on the cards. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I I feel like I feel like we're in a better place now, obviously, than when he took over. And I think we obviously need a morale boosting victory of some sort. And this is as decent an opportunity as we'll get um, at home. First Scottish Cup game of the season. Yeah, I, I, I'm somewhat optimistic. What about yourself? Um. Well, the returning son is coming home in the form of Dale Carrick. That's going to be emotional. Um. I don't know. I really don't know. You look at it and go, this should be Stendhal's first win. On paper. I know we're 
doing terribly in the league. But when you look at it, just in terms of the two clubs, you should go, even in this situation, we should have no issue with Airdrie. But as you said, they're absolutely flying in League One, doing really well. Um, Ian Murray hates us, so he'll get them right up for it. And I don't know, it's going to be interesting, because obviously we won't have Whelan again, Berra won't be there. So a lot of people will be looking to it as, if we don't win... People will say, look, he shouldn't have treated Berra like that because the entire squad's down. But if we win, and say if we win comfortably, people will go, see, it was clearly the right decision. Uh, moving Berra into the reserves, getting that away, and then we're getting a massive optimistic push for Ross County midweek. But I'd, I have to say that I'm confident we're going to win because I can't let myself say that we're not. However, we're terrible against the Airdrie. Famously, in this, in we're this really bad. Yeah. Yeah, in this competition. Um, the Jimmy Sanderson derby, but you have to you have to be confident going into an Airdrie game at home, especially. Um, however, w- do you have an idea of your lineup that you'd play, or do you just kind of go stick with the Aberdeen team and see what happens? Um, th- there's two ways of looking at. It. There's the team that I'd play and the team that I think he's going to play. Um, I've just noticed, by the way, you were on about Dale Carrick. There's there's a couple former Jambos in the ranks, um, some of which can hurt us. So that'll be fun. Uh, Alistair Roy, Adam Eckersley, um, and Dale Carrick. Oh, God, Carrick I forgot Eckersley's there. Are probably the main ones. Um, but, yeah, in, te- in, terms of, in terms of my team or the team that I play, I mean, I... I think I've got a, a, a rough idea. Um but you know what it is? I've I've got this inkling that I feel like I feel like Stendhal will give youth a chance in that obviously Anthony McDonald and Harry Cochran have been recalled. I wouldn't be all that surprised if I saw him chucking the two of them in for this game. If I'm honest. Interesting. Who would you who do you think they could replace? Well, do you know what it is? I've got this, I've got this weird feeling he'll opt for like a a four four two, of sorts, or maybe like a, maybe like Meshino in support of say Washington. Um, I I've got a wee feeling as as like a yeah a four four two or a four four one one if you will, so Cochrane, McDonald on the right hand side. It's funny because Jake Mulraney and Craig White have been training with the reserves, but this is this would be mm-hmm. like a perfect departing game for them, kind of, isn't it? Yeah. Do, yeah. do you see where I'm going? Like, if if they contributed, it'd be like kind of not chucking them in, in the shop window as such, but it'd be like here's here's what they can do. I I, I know I know you can't take too much from it because it's. It is Airdrie, and they're in the third tier or whatever, but... Don't say that, because we're going to get beat, <laughs> and folk are going to clip that, and you just going, it's just Airdrie, and we're going to have been beaten 3-0. But, but do you know what I mean? Like, it, it's not really a game for them to impress, but I feel like he'd be the type to kind of send them on their way after this, give them, like, one last chance, and even if they impress, they're kind of out the door. Do you see what I mean? Especially because we don't really have anyone else on that left-hand side. 
So no, Rainey could just burn them. Well, this is it, and that that was my that was my thinking, and that it would probably be McDonald and Mulraney on the flanks. Cochrane, if he's given out chances, he'd probably put Cochrane in with like Lloyd Demur or somebody like that. Yeah, maybe because I because I'd thought about Irving and Cochrane together, but too inexperienced for me. I, I feel like it needs an older head to kind of not that Lloyd Demur will drag one of them through the game, but you know what I mean, like a bit of, a bit of. Aged support, let's say. Um, I'd start Connor Washington because I feel like he needs that goal for confidence and this would be a good chance for him to get it. Um, like we mentioned as well, and his goal against Aberdeen, that proves what he can do. So I'm sure he'll hopefully have a field day. So, yeah, it's it's, def- it's defensively where I'm not too sure how we're going to set up, to be honest. What's your what's your thoughts regarding the the team selection? Right, Sean Clare can play in this game, eh? He can. He's just he's just suspended in the league, I believe. So yeah, so yeah. I pro- I probably would play Clare as well, um, because obviously he'll miss the county game. I don't think he misses the Rangers game though. I might need corrected there. Oh, um, I hope he doesn't miss the Rangers game. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I definitely chuck Clare in. But what what's your thoughts? Sorry, mate. On you go. Right. I'd play a 4-2-3-1. I'd play Joel in goals. Hickey, left back. Claire, right back. Dicamona and Halkett. Then, as the two, I'd play Smith and Irvin. However, I can understand Cochrane coming in. So, I'm going to move it, actually. So, I'd play Smith, right back. Irvin and Cochrane in the middle. And then a three... Of Machino on the left, Claire on the right, and then this is a big rumor, but Stephen Naismith has been training. <laughs> Stephen Naismith in the middle, Connor Washington in front of him. Like it. There's so many things that could could not happen with that though, because Naismith Naismith might not be fit. Cochrane might not get brought in. If Claire doesn't, I guess I could have. Claire at right back, Smith and Cochrane in the middle, but then that means dropping Irvin. And then Claire is. Or no. Oh, wait. Claire right back, Smith and either Irvin or Cochrane, and then McDonald on the right of the three. Mm, I like it. Um, I, I, I was just thinking there, you obviously touched on Cochrane coming back in. I just had a thought. Stranraer obviously put Dunfermline out of the cup. I'm wondering if Cochrane was amongst the Pars players that day and is a cup tied. Uh, which makes me think check. which makes me think that the Portobello Pirlo will keep his place, potentially alongside Michael Smith, who I'd forgotten about, but yeah, I'd I mean I, I obviously love Smith. I'd love for him to play every game. But is it is it necessary? I mean, is this squad that weak that it it needs a confidence boost against Airdrie? Harry Cochrane did not feature at so, all. So he could potentially he play. Right. Okay. So, yeah, we've got a couple options in, in the middle of the park and in attacking areas. Um, I'm quite intrigued, actually. But I know for a fact, <laughs> I mean, you've touched on it there. Airdrie will do a job on us because of how much I've been slagging them off. I mean, this <laughs> these comments are going to come back to bite me. <laughs> 
a Dale Carrick <laughs> winner. I was blame you. A Dale Carrick winner will just. Oh no! God send, save It'll send me into the depths of despair. Do you remember? Remember when Carrick scored against Hibs, and then in the interview after it, the a journalist goes to him, "How do you feel scoring against them when they brought party hats and allegations?" And he makes that face. Yeah, that got gift and mean. People are just going to send that to you. Oh no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> No doubt, I'll get loads of Airdrie fans in my mentions. That'll be fun. Right, I'm putting you on the spot. Score prediction. Oof. Um. Oh god. There's a part of me that's going a routine two 0 victory. But I also, but I also feel like we'd concede. And it's it, the worry for me is what happens if we do concede. But I'll I'll say I'll say we'll win by by two goals to nil. That's interesting because that was also going to be my prediction. Oh really? Have you have you got any idea who'll I, score? I'm gonna go with Connor Washington in the first half to get back on track, and then just because of how great he's been, a Sean Clare penalty. Wow! Wow! Would Claire be on the pens? Surely. He's been our best penalty taker we've had in like three years. Mind you, that's not exactly saying much, is it? No, it's no. We've just finally got someone who can take a penalty. I uh, I also think I also think this game's tailor made for a Washington goal, like I say. The other maybe I'm an, I'm anticipating a pile driver. From two of our most informed players in recent weeks, and it's either the Japanese sensation Ryotaro Machino or the Portobello Pirlo Andy Irving. I'll go with either of them. Right, I need you to do something for me. I'm going to need you to make up nicknames for every player in the squad. <laughs> is this like is this like homework like they have on Around the Funnel? Yes. That that would, need, that, that, that would actually be a great living. segment. Yeah. That that's a great Nick shout. Names in the squad. Yeah, that could work. I'll I'll get uh, I'll get working on that for next week. Yeah, I've I've got a couple of mine. Or actually, wait, wait to make it last. We'll do this across the season. Do one a game. So pick someone, make up a nickname, but I need to hear reasoning behind it. Right. Okay. So can I can I share it instantly on Twitter? Say say like. Obviously, no. the, the Aberdeen game with Irving, he was sensational, and then I referred to him as the Portobello Pirlo, and it stuck from there on in. I can't, I can't okay, share yeah. it to socials yeah, or can. anything like that. However, I'm going to need re- you can't put the reasoning on Twitter. Okay, well, well, you you could dig it up to me then in the podcast recording, and you'll say, "Oh, okay, why why have you called Connor Washington Denzel?" And I'll just be like, "Well, Denzel Washington." Bring it up on the on the pods. Right, I'm expecting higher quality than that. <laughs> I need to set the bar low. <laughs> we could we could have some shockers in here, but that's fine. Yeah, I like that idea. That's a great idea. And also, feel free to tweet us if you've got any alternatives to mine. Mine don't have to be the ones that stick. Like, just if if you've got if you've got some sort of genius. And you feel it necessary, feel free to tweet us at Perth to Paisley 
and we'll probably shout it out on the pod. Um, so yeah, ni- nice little task, mate. I like it. <laughs> Denzel, <laughs> fucking Denzel. What's wrong with Denzel? <laughs> that was so shit. That is brilliant. That is genius. Or, or you could go, you could go down the George route. No, you couldn't. Mate. No, how could you? Couldn't. How could you not? <laughs> it better be fucking better than this, by the way. No, I, I mean I've got I've got a couple in mind. So, thank you very much for listening to episode four of the Perth Pays the Podcast. As we said at the start, and as potentially you're listening to this, we're on Spotify now. Hooray! Please share this with as many people as you can. It's going fantastically well, so thank you very much. Apple Podcasts will be soon, hopefully. Application process is in process. So, I, if you want to contact me directly, I'm at Mark on Twitter. Adam, what is your own personal Twitter? I am at Adam T. Kendall. Um... So we'll obviously speak to you after the Airdrie game. Hopefully we've progressed into the next round of the Scottish Cup and we can preview the upcoming league fixtures away at Ross County and Rangers at Tynecastle. So we'll see you then. Mon the Bye.